Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you really entrust your life to God? How much do you rely on His providence, His provision for you, His taking care of your needs? You know, so often we just want to keep things in our own control and plan, and and it's hard to let go and really let God. Uh, but how do we do that practically? I want to share with you a story of one great man in the Gospels who was challenged by Jesus in a radical way to really let go and entrust him. Uh, and we see amazing things happened in his life as a result. Uh, and amazing things will happen to us if we can live out one key that we're going to learn from this biblical story that took place in Cana in Galilee. Now, it's not the miracle you're thinking of. It's not the miracle about Jesus and Mary and the changing of water into wine. There was another miracle that took place there at Cana. And that's what we're going to look at in today's podcast. We can learn how to trust God more with our lives. So welcome back to the All Things Catholic podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sree. And this, this passage is really on my mind, this miracle at Cana because I'm going to be going to Cana next week. Uh, I'm actually leading a pilgrimage uh, to the Holy Land. We have a wonderful group of people from all over the country and even overseas joining us as we're going to be walking in the footsteps of Jesus and Mary in the Holy Land. And uh, if you want to follow us, you can you can kind of be a virtual participant in our pilgrimage simply by following us on, on Facebook and Instagram. I'll be posting each day many pictures, sometimes videos of all the sacred sites. So if you want to get a visual of what these places look like, where Jesus lived, where he healed people, where he taught. Uh, you can you can follow us on Facebook or on Instagram. Just check out my pages there. I want to bring you with me in another way, though. Uh, I'd love to pray for you. I'm certainly going to pray for all of you, as I always do on my pilgrimages in a general sense. But if you have any particular intentions you would like me to take to the holy sites in Israel. I'm happy to do that. Uh, we often take intentions and we put them into a, a little basket and we have it right there up by the altar at all the places we do masses. So I'm happy to take your intention if you email me uh, and you can email me at this address. All you need to do is email me at info.edwardsri at gmail.com. That's info.edwardsri at gmail.com. And just put prayer intention in the subject line. So it's, it's flagged for us easily and we'll print those out and we'll take your special petitions right there to Cana, to the place where the visitation took place, to Jerusalem, to the Mount of Beatitudes, all the sacred places where we will have the, the Holy Sacrifice, the mass celebrated on our pilgrimage. One last thing before we get started, I want to draw your attention to, you may know that just a month away is the beginning of Advent. Can you believe it? We're already there. Uh, Advent is just around the corner. And if you're anything like me, uh, that season is full of busyness and chaos, you know, big family life. We have a lot of stuff always going on, but December is filled with pageants and presents and extra school activities and so much happening in December that we can easily lose our spiritual focus. So one thing I always recommend is that you have a particular book, maybe that is your guide through the season of Advent. I know last year I read uh, a book uh, with writings from Mother Teresa. The previous year I read from uh, St. John Henry Newman. Um, I want to recommend to you a book that I wrote. It's called The Advent of Christ. The Advent of Christ. And it's uh, scriptural reflections, daily reflections 
for the season of Advent. And, and what it does is it, it walks through the stories of Jesus's birth, those infancy narratives, those stories about Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, the stories about the Annunciation, the Visitation, the Nativity, the birth of John the Baptist, the shepherds, the Magi, all those stories and breaks them down into small little pieces with little reflections about the story of the coming of Jesus. And so if you want to prepare your heart for his coming at Christmas, uh, if you want to prepare your heart spiritually in the Advent season, that could be a good resource for you. So I want you just to encourage you to check that out. It's called The Advent of Christ, uh, Scriptural Reflections for Advent. You can find it on my website, edwardsreed.com. You can also find it on Amazon. It's available in a Kindle version. You can read it on your phone. You, it's available in uh, in paperback. So however you like it, again, The Advent of Christ. Uh, you could check that one out. Now, let's go back to this biblical story I was telling you about. It's in the Gospel of John. And it comes in John chapter four. Do you know about this second miracle at Cana? Uh, This is sometime after he already went to the wedding feast and changed the water into wine. Uh, This story is about a, a royal official whose son is very ill. The son is dying. And you get a sense that this this royal official, who's not, by the way, probably not a Jew, he he certainly was working probably for the Romans or or more likely Herod. So he's someone who is, is perhaps from the Gentile background and he's so desperate, his son is dying. And the the biblical account in John's gospel tells us he travels all the way from Capernaum to Cana because he heard Jesus was there and he knows that Jesus is a great healer. Now, when you read that, uh, that he he goes from Capernaum to Cana to find Jesus because Jesus is in Cana, you might not realize that's, that's not just around the corner. Uh, that's not just like the next town over. That's a 15-mile walk. That's like an all-day journey. And so that's how desperate this man is. He's going to leave his dying son to have one last attempt to try to get healing for his son. He's heard about the many miracles Jesus has performed. Jesus is known as a great healer, and he desperately wants Jesus to come and heal his son. So the story tells us that in verse chapter 4, Verse 47 in John's gospel, when this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So just picture this man, he, he travels 15 miles and then he, he just begs Jesus. You can picture him falling on his knees and begging, please come and heal my boy. And, you know, many healers would heal in this way. They would heal with by touching, laying hands on someone. They might use herbs. There may be some kind of cleansing. And so the man is thinking, I'll go to Jesus and then I'll bring Jesus with me. I'll bring this healer, this miracle worker with me. I'll bring him all the way back to Capernaum and hopefully we can get back before my son dies and Jesus can lay hands on him. Jesus could work a miracle and heal my son. But what's so fascinating about this story is as he says, as the man is just begging Jesus, he goes on in verse 49 and says, sir, come down before my child dies. You can hear the desperation in his voice. When you just read that line, please come down you know, before my son dies. Let's get, let's get going. And then Jesus says these words in John 4, verse 50, go, your son will live. Now, 
we might not realize what, what Jesus is really doing here. I mean, think about this. The man has just traveled a whole day, left his dying son, desperately trying to find this miracle worker, this healer, Jesus. And, and he wants to bring Jesus to come down and lay hands on his son. And Jesus won't go. Jesus just says, oh, just go, go back and you'll find your son. Your son will be fine. Now, if that were me, I'd be like, no, I'd be grabbing Jesus's arms and saying, pulling him with me. No, you got to come with me. You got to come lay hands on him, right? Or, or get some kind of ointment and put it on him or do some ritual cleansing with him. Something that that's what, that's what healers did. They didn't, healers didn't do long distance miracles like this. And yet Jesus is saying, go, go, trust me, trust me, go, your son will live. Now, I want you to just imagine this. Imagine if there was a father, let's say I'm out hiking with my, with one of my, my boys and one of my little boys, and we're out in the mountains in the Colorado Rockies, and we're really in a remote location, 15 miles away from the parking lot. No one is around and we've been hiking all day. And then let's say my son falls and he's unconscious. He's, and I could tell he's having difficulty breathing. And let's just say he's like pegged in and in between two rocks and I can't get him out. What do I do? Do I stay with him? Do I leave him? What do I do? And I, I'm worried he might be dying, but there's no one around. I don't have any cell phone reception. What do I do? I think I got to get back to help because I remember back in the parking lot, there was a, a first aid station there maybe, and there was a, a medic there. Maybe there was an urgent care right there by the parking lot, say. Um, and so I, I desperately, I, I cover my son up. I desperately run back down because I, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. I can't get him out of this position. And the only thing I do is go, go get help. And I get back down there. And sure enough, I find a rescue team with paramedics there in the parking lot. And I tell them what happened. And they say, oh, go back. And yeah, your son will live. It'll be fine. I'm like, no, you got to come with me. <laughs> you know? But that, that's what Jesus is doing here. He's asking this man to trust. And, and the Bible tells us what happens. The man doesn't complain. The man doesn't doubt. The man doesn't grab Jesus and try to pull him down to Capernaum. No, it says the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. What faith, <laughs> what faith. I mean, to just let go and I, I and just trust, you know, the healer's not going to come and lay hands, but I trust his word. He said that he's going to be faithful and he's going to heal my son. My son's going to be fine. I'm going to just trust that Jesus is true to his word. And I love this story because it just shows the amazing faith that Jesus calls this man to, and really all of us. The only thing that this man can do on that 15 mile walk back is cling to Jesus's word, to trust Jesus's faithfulness. And sometimes that's what Jesus does with us. He is calling us to act first. He wants us to trust. He wants us to let go of our plan and our vision of how things should work out and just trust him. And sometimes he won't show us how it's all going to work out for some time. He wants us just to act. He wants us to trust like this man did. And sure enough, on the way back, you know what happens? As the man's walking back about halfway, he, his, his, his uh, servants come and find him and say, your son, your son's been healed. And, and, the, and the man says, when was he healed? And they tell him and he realizes that's exactly when Jesus told me that my son would live. 
You see, that's what happens when we trust God. Amazing things can happen in our lives, much better things than when we plan and we control and we scheme. I want to share with you a a great quote here that I think could be really helpful for you. It's from one of my favorite spiritual authors. I love to quote him in my classes. I'm sure I've quoted him on this podcast before. Um, Father Jacques Philippe, you may have read some of his works, but listen to what he says. He, he makes the he makes an analogy about how God really sustains us, helps us, supports us in life when we totally let go. And he makes the analogy of like jumping out of an airplane <laughs> and allowing the parachute to 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 keep you, to 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 sustain you, to carry you. Uh, Philippe says this quote: "As long as a person who must jump with a parachute does not jump out into the void." He cannot feel that the cords of the parachute will support him because the parachute has not had a chance to open. One must jump first, and it is only later that one feels carried. You know, is that true, right? You, 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 ha- you can't just say, well, is the parachute going to work? You just have to jump. And there's a point where you have to totally trust the parachute is going to work. You're never going to experience the parachute sustaining you, carrying you, helping you, aiding you unless you jump. (laughs) And the same is true in the spiritual life. Um, You know, John of the Cross once said this, John of the Cross said, God gives in the measure that we expect of him. God will give us, he'll be so generous with us to the extent that we trust him and we expect him to do great things, but we have to jump. You, you, You can't experience God's providence profoundly in your life unless you jump. <laughs> um, St. Francis de Sales, Philippe also quotes St. Francis de Sales here, who says this, quote, this is Francis de Sales, the measure of divine providence acting on us is the degree of confidence that we have in it. You know, we, we can't really experience God's provision in his life, his caring for us, his helping us with all of our problems, unless we really let go, unless we have confidence in his providence, unless we are willing to jump. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to jump. That's what this man did. This man had to jump a 15 mile walk back to Capernaum, only trusting that God will be faithful. Now listen to what Philippe says here. This is, I think the real key. He says, this is where the real problem lies. Many do not believe in providence because they've never experienced it, but they've never experienced it because they've never jumped into the void and taken the leap of faith. They never give it the possibility to intervene. They calculate everything. They anticipate everything. They seek to resolve everything by counting on themselves, counting on themselves instead of counting on God. Now, I I love this line, and I think this is the practical point I want us to take away, is how do we grow in trust in God's providence in our life? How do we grow in experiencing God really caring for us, caring our lives, guiding us? How do we how do we grow in this? Well, we the first thing is we just have to jump. (laughs) We have to just go to God. Now, that's hard. I recognize that that's hard. And some of us will wonder, I don't even know how to jump. Well, maybe the first step for you is a baby step. And that baby step might be simply telling God, I'm afraid to jump. I'm afraid to let go of this one area of my life. I, I, I'm, I don't know how this is all going to work out, Lord, and I'm scared. I'm, I'm afraid to just stop trying in the ways I want to. I'm afraid to hand it over to you just to, to say that to God. Admit your fears to him. 
Speak your, your fears, your nervousness, your hesitancy about jumping. Maybe just telling God that, simply just telling him, God, I'm afraid to jump. <laughs> I'm afraid to rely on you. I want to rely on you more, but I'm scared. That's a crucial first step. That's being humble. It's being honest. God doesn't expect you to just to get on an airplane and jump out tomorrow if you've never done it before, <laughs> you know, uh, but if you're in the military and you have a lot of practice with this, eventually there comes a time, but the first time it's okay. You're, you're scared. Uh, admit that to God. That's the first step of growing in confidence in God is admitting that you're afraid <laughs> that you don't want to trust him. But then the second step is going to be, you're eventually going to have to be like this man and maybe just trust God's word to just do something where you, you're afraid to let go. You're afraid to hand something over to him and just tell him, Lord, I give this to you. Lord, this problem at work, I have no idea how this is going to work out, but I give this to you. Jesus, this situation in my family, what's going on in the home or with my relatives, I, I, I just don't have any idea how this is going to work, but I, I give it to you, Lord. I, I trust you. And maybe, maybe give it to Mary. That's one thing I've often done. I've often just surrendered something to Mary with a memorari. Like I, there's a complicated web and I just don't know how to untangle it or some problem or difficulty or anxiety, whatever it is. And I'll just sometimes just go to Mary. I'll kneel down right before some statue, whether it's in our home or in a church. And I'll just say, Mary, I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I give this to you. I'm worried about this. I don't, I'm, 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 I'm pained by this, whatever it is, but I give it to you. I trust you. And I have to just say, Mary is always so faithful. I've always seen it just works out in ways I would have never imagined, you know, so those are little things that you can do. So let, let me, let me summarize again here. First thing is admit your, your fears of letting go and trusting in God and just, just tell God that just tell him I'm scared. Secondly, then do one small little act where you, you give it to God. You just tell him, say, Lord, I, I, I don't know how this is going to work, but I give it to you. Maybe a third thing you could do is hand it to one of your favorite saints. Maybe it's Mary, maybe it's St. Therese, maybe it's St. Francis, maybe one of your favorite saints. Just, just hand it to them and say, pray for me. I trust this, this care, this concern, this need to you. Uh, and I pray that you'll pray for this and, it'll, and that in, through your prayers, the situation will get better. These are little things we can do, but God often wants us to act. He wants us to act and trust him, to walk by faith and not by sight all the time, to, to let go, to jump and not have everything in our control and in our plan and in our own scheming. So this is one of the great lessons we can learn from this man in John chapter four, this royal official who encountered Jesus. And there was a great miracle that took place. The miracle wasn't just his son being healed. The miracle was what changed in his own heart. He came with a plan that Jesus was going to come down and lay hands on his son. He came away with great faith and a greater reliance on God's providence. May those miracles continue to happen in our own lives each day as we trust God evermore. So my friends, uh, thanks for listening to today's show. Again, you can always reach me on my website, edwards3.com. Check out that Advent book, Advent of Christ that I wrote. Uh, so the Advent of Christ, you can find it on my website, edwards3.com. You could find it on Amazon. Uh, so you can have some resource to get you ready for the, 
for the season of Christmas as we march through those four weeks of Advent. And don't forget also those show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the show notes, I'm so grateful for the friends at Ascension Press who put those together for us and produced this show. You can go to ascensionpress.com slash all things Catholic to get those show notes for free. Again, ascensionpress.com slash all things Catholic. Thanks for listening. My prayers for you in the Holy Land next week. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. God bless. Thank you.